0: No energy, always fatigued? As your got up and go, got up and went? Primrose Leafs Pro Max 365 helps to produce natural energy, increase endurance and stamina, improve performance during exercise, reduce pain from fibromyalgia, and is excellent for cardiovascular support. A doctor-designed, deliciously berry-flavored formula that's great for ages 18 to 99. Order Pro Max 365 and get the natural energy you've always wanted. Call 844-376-0007. Refuel daily with Pro Max 365 and get your life back. Our guest today is Matali Perkins, who has written many books for young readers, including You Bring the Distant Near, nominated for a National Book Award, and Rickshaw Girl, adapted into a film by Sleeper Wave Productions, all of which explore crossing different kinds of borders. Now, her goal is to make readers laugh or cry or both as long as their hearts are widening. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome the author of Rickshaw Girl, Matali Perkins to the show. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Ward. I'm happy to be here with you.
0: Well, I did a little background reading on you, and I understand that you grew up in places such as Ghana and Cameroon, London, even New York and Mexico before settling in California. How did living in those places shape you in becoming the person and author you are today?
1: That's a really good question. I have a uh, crossed borders my whole life. And I was born in Kolkata, India, and my parents left when I was a baby. And we lived in all those countries, and then even more since I got married. Uh, but I think something fascinating about growing up between cultures is that you learn how to make yourself at home anywhere. Um, the flip side is you don't really feel at home anywhere either. So uh, but it's it you learn how to be a code switcher. You learn how to figure out cultures quickly. And figure out what makes you fit in. And you also learn what makes you distinct. And so that code switching ability I learned as a child, it serves me really well today. Whenever I go somewhere new, uh, my husband says I can make myself at home in an elevator as it's going up to the 14th floor and hopefully it can make other people feel at home as well. Well, why did your parents decide to leave India? Well, that's an interesting question. It depends on who you ask. If you ask my dad, it's because. Uh, He had fled there as a refugee from what is now Bangladesh, and he was a civil engineer. There weren't too many jobs because so many people had flooded into Kolkata. So he heard that the United States was looking for um, first. He did some short term gigs in those other countries. And then when I was seven, he learned that the uh, United States was now open to visas uh, awarded to engineers, civil engineers like himself. So that's my dad's version. Now, my mom's version is different because I was born as a third daughter in a culture where sons were very prized. And so when I was born, um, everybody cried in the whole family. It's like the third girl is born. Um, and my mom just couldn't really handle all the pressure. When we'd go out in public, people would say, Oh, you have three girls. What a shame, you know, for your family. And so my mom said to my dad, let's get out of here. Let's go somewhere out of, out of this country. So, uh, in all the pictures, when we were the three of us were little there, my sisters are all dressed in these frilly lacy clothes. And I am the stocky chubby uh, girl, child dressed in shorts. You know, like looking like a little, little lad, because uh, my mom could say that nobody could then shame her. So we got out of there. And uh, uh, I, I don't know which reason prevailed, but in any case, both my parents were on board and we left India when I was a baby.
0: Well, in India, is the caste system still alive and well? It is,
1: especially in the villages. Uh, there's a big difference between villages and cities. And as as you see in the in the uh, movie Rickshaw Girl, that which really explores the idea of people from the village moving to the big city. If you go to the big cities of uh, India and Bangladesh, it's very much like here there's starbucks and tall buildings and fast motorcycles and uh kfc's on the corner but uh but the villages are still very old-fashioned and that's where my parents grew up they grew up on jute farms in the villages of what is now bangladesh um, and of course two countries were created when partition happened back when the brits left left india and so that's when they fled to india and i i became i was born in there so um yeah, so it's still pretty old-fashioned in the villages. The caste system, the role of women, those things are still pretty much uh, way behind what's happening in the cities. Big division between the two. A little bit like here, but but more extreme.
0: Yeah, and we're going to get into that because I uh, had the opportunity to watch the film Rickshaw Girl, but tell us about your novel, Rickshaw Girl.
1: <laughs> right, so I've been writing a long time, and I didn't... Um, it didn't become a full-time career until really my second novel. My second novel, Monsoon Summer, uh, was rejected by uh, 23 different publishers after I did a significant revision, 23 times, and it didn't come out until 12 years after my first novel. So that was quite a stretch where I was trying to do different things, you know, trying to make my immigrant parents happy by pursuing you know different academic careers or different careers that would That would validate the fact that they sacrificed a lot to get here. You don't saunter into your immigrant parents living room and say hey mom and dad I think I want to be a book a writer of books for children after they've you know they've given it their all to give you this great education. So I didn't think about it as a career until my second book came out and I was sitting in a a library signing convention. I don't know if you write Ward but uh, when you write books you have to promote them so you go to these conventions and you sign these books. And I was sitting between these two very popular authors and they were both these millennial guys. They were very cool. And their, their lines for signing were so long. They went out either door and I was between them and I had not one single person in my line. <laughs> There's no one. So I remember that moment. Cause in, in a, when you're a career artist, I think there are these moments of humility i i call them mortification where you have to decide are you in or are you not and i remember thinking i should leave this is this is so embarrassing Let's just get up and go and then i thought well i have my manuscript in my my satchel i'll pull it out it's a hard copy and i'll work on that so i pulled that rickshaw girl i started working on it and i looked up and there was a woman in front of me i don't know where she came which line she came out of but she was there and she said Um, hi, I'm an editor at Charles bridge and I read your book monsoon summer. What are you working on now? So I pitched her the book, which was, you know, the story of a girl who wants to help her family. Um, she lives in the villages and she's an artist. Now, how's she going to help her family as an artist economically? First of all, as a girl, it's impossible. Second of all, as an artist, how's she going to do that? So Judy O'Malley, the editor said, well, let's let's, send, let's see that manuscript. And that's how the book got published from that moment of mortification. So it, it was years ago at Ward. It didn't do that well at first. It was translated into several languages into uh, Taiwanese and, and Mandarin and um, Japanese, Korean. And that's where it started to get traction because it's a story about duty and honor about a, a girl wants to help her parents. And that did well in Asia. And then it came back here, became a stage play. Um, And my mom and I went, it had already been years since when that happened. And we went to the play, we're sitting in the theater and there's a scene where the girl crashes her dad's rickshaw. This is a rickshaw. I have a little rickshaw here to show your your, uh, ear. It's you sit in the back and anyway, she's riding the rickshaw and she crashes it. And my mom and I gasped. And we clutched each other's hands and we said, oh no, what's going to happen now? And my mom looked at me and said, you wrote the book. You wrote the book. Because I'd completely forgotten that I'd wrote, written it. And then now it's a movie ward. I don't know what is happening to this little girl, Naima, who came out of my imagination and has now peddled her way to Amazon Prime and Apple TV. But it's, it's a bit of a miracle
0: to me. Well, I, I loved the movie. And more importantly, I love... The story, and because there's there's so many elements to it, when I when I, when it was first pitched to me and I and I saw the movie poster, I, I was instantly wanting to know more. I don't know if it was because of the color of the poster, you know, it, it's so bright and vibrant, but just the name Rickshaw Girl, what is that? Because as we for many people who will see in the movie, that is a male dominated. Uh, job i'm not going to call it a career it may be a career for some but a job but more importantly there's the other stories and subplots going on with her and i i loved it because of the fact that the the telltale sign i think that one part of the movie where we had just mentioned you know People who live in a caste system in India, and we'll use India as an example, uh, from the villages, they know that life. They, They know there are big cities in India. Many never get to go to the big city. They dream of the big city. But to see her enter in, and then she takes that particular job where she's in that apartment, and to me, that was like, Night and day, from village to big city, she saw things that she had never seen before, and I was taken back because I was trying to think, and uh, Matali, that how was she going to respond to all of these new things around her, even the technology uh, that was around her, because she's, you know, she's a girl. She's not walking around with her face in a cell phone every day. She's talking to people. She's living life, she's having human interactions, and then she goes to the big city. And I thought that was a big uh, emotional or even a mental turning point in there. So is that where you kind of drew that that divining line between her f- being in the village and her being in the big city?
1: Yeah, in the, in the story that I wrote, she goes to another village, but it's a much s- shorter, s- simpler story, my novel. But in uh, the hands of the skilled director, Amitav Reza Choudhury, who is one of Bangladesh's most brilliant directors, uh, and the other filmmaker as the screenwriters and the cinematographers, it took shape as this, in a narrative arc of a, of a teenager who's coming of age, and it became this quest to find um, her mission, her purpose. There's one line in the movie that jumped out at me, and it was about the city of Taka, which is one of the biggest, most, densely populated cities in all of Asia. It's the capital of Bangladesh. And she's overlooking it from the a roof rooftop and a, a watchman comes up and they have a conversation. And she says, you know, the city, it's so ugly when you come close to it. It's so beautiful from afar. And then he says, it's not ugly to those who have found their purpose. And I loved that line because to me, it's sort of like the story of the world really that the world is really full of, chaos and destruction and um, a lot of turmoil. But when you find your purpose in the way that you can serve the planet, the way that you're designed to really be a blessing to this earth, order begins to form in your life and and that's what happens to Naima in this story as she pursues her gift and her talent for art. And yet the movie is colorful because um, you know rickshaw art is a traditional art form all throughout that country. And it's all about primary colors. And so the filmmakers really leaned into those primary colors to depict her journey as an artist. And so it was very thrilling to hear that, that interaction on the rooftop, because that's kind of how I feel about my life is I feel like I found my purpose to bring order out of chaos. Yeah,
0: and and I, and I remember that scene very, very well. And the the other thing that I found as I was watching the film, that I found emotionally hurtful was the fact that she has this incredible talent as an artist, and then her mother tells her that uh, it's never going to make any money, meaning the talent is somewhat worthless. And I and and I felt that pain as she stood there receiving that from her mother, and I think about the thousands, if not the millions of people, even young people today, who have been told that. We live in a much more creative world today. You know, you know, not everybody's going to be working at a corporation for 50 years, and when they retire, they're not going to get a gold watch. We have more people that are on their own. Uh, we see more people in in the areas of creativity. If it's an author if it's film if it's music and you know this very well many people will tell their child go get a real job Mm -hmm. and leave that foolishness behind and when i saw that i was really wanting i i really started to cheer her on more because i wanted to see her succeed at the most incredible talent that she portrayed in the film uh for you working with a production company, uh, was it difficult for the book to be ad- adapted into a film?
1: It might have been. Uh, you know, it's always interesting to create uh, to collaborate creative, creatively with other artists. I write picture books, too, for little kids, and I have to collaborate with an illustrator. But that's actually given me a lot of courage because when you let go of control, and really, when you write a story or tell a story, you don't really have control over it. It belongs to the recipient at the end of the day. Like what you get out of it, or what a child reader gets out of my story, I'm not going to be able to dictate that. And that's the mystery of a story. We meet each other across our imaginations, right? Um, and so letting go of control has been something I've been growing in. And when the filmmakers approached me to option the story, and um, I really I trusted them. They're fully Bangladeshi, they're fully Muslim. I'm not either of those things. I wrote the story, but because it was so authentic to them, they lived there they and they loved my story, which was such an honor. I really felt free to give it give up full creative any input. I didn't cast I didn't have any didn't even see the screenplay, didn't have any input at all. I think if it had been less authentic of a person than Amitav Reza Choudhur, who loves Bangladesh or some of the other women who were involved in the film. Shabari um, Ahmed, who's wrote the screenplay, she's a Bangladeshi woman. If it was Hollywood making it, and I might have made a boatload more money. <laughs> but I would have been really reluctant to give up the creative control. So I think it just sort of depends on who you're collaborating with, how much trust there is. And there was a lot of trust in, in me as I let go of the reins and said, let's see what happens. And the outcome was so beautiful and so moving to me that I'm very glad I did.
0: Well, do you think that this film will inspire young people that truly believe in a talent they really do have uh, to pursue that talent even more and to understand that life's journey is full of trials and error? And, I mean, look, it took you 12 years till you got your second novel done, and now you're a full-time writer. Uh, I think this film will inspire people. What about you?
1: I I pray so, because... uh, I think what this generation, this younger generation is so good at are these streams of side hustle, you know, where they, they do little creative things on the side, especially I see young women who are, um, we were so constrained either you worked full time or you stayed at home, but now they have these, uh, you know, these social media income streams or. Different things they could do creatively from home. Uh, the pandemic uh, opened up this whole world of remote working, so there are these side hustle streams. And somehow, in my foolishness and pursuing this career, I've sort of become like a hero to these millennials because you know my side hustle became my main thing, and I make a living out of it. And they think that's amazing. And looking back, I think my poor parents, you know? <laughs> Now that I'm, you know, a parent myself, I think, wow, but they came with me. And, you know, one thing I had all, all the time, you talk about the mom, not giving her blessing to the daughter, but the father gave the blessing, right? Her father said, there's one scene where she says, don't stop painting Naima. And, um, I lost my dad just before the, the movie was optioned. And my father always said that to me, he was so proud of my writing. He was so proud of me as his daughter. When everyone cried when I was born, my father said, nope, this daughter is gonna be a blessing to the whole family. A daughter is as good as a son. And I got to put that in the story and to see a father give a blessing to his daughter on screen like that. Now, Amitabh Reza Choudhury has also recently sadly lost his father as he was making the film. So the two of us connected as, you know, really as sort of brother and sister. He calls me older sister. And um, over the fact that our fathers did give us that, a blessing in our art. And so the film is about a father who does that to his daughter and how much that can keep a daughter going or a son going or a child going when someone looks at them with a loving gaze, looks at their talent with a loving gaze and says, I see this beauty that you're adding to the world. I don't know if you're going to make it as a full-time gig, but I see it. I value it. I admire it. From a parent saying that to a child, it's vital. So I'm, I'm glad I had that. And I pray that maybe it will inspire parents both to give the blessing and for young people to receive it.
0: And you know, it's amazing, with many cultures around the world, it is the father that is the one that bestows the blessing upon the child. So I thought that was a very uh, excellent point in the movie. I also like the fact that in in rickshaw pulling, or pulling a rickshaw, is male-dominated. And to have a, a young girl enter into that world in disguise and then end up and in a way and if people will pay attention to the film she makes more money than everybody else (laughs) which are, are earned more by pulling a rickshaw which really surprised me because because what I was trying to figure out as I was watching the film I'm thinking now how did she become the one that was making all making more money even the other uh, young men were wondering w- why, and of course, I think if I remember correctly, her response was, "Well, my rickshaw's prettier." And I'm thinking, <laughs> is it do to people? You know, and, and if that, and if I remember that correctly, it's almost like people still judge a book by its cover.
1: Mm. Well, yeah, they, they use the rickshaws for weddings, and you know, you want to be seen in the in a beautiful rickshaw, it's part of the it is it's sort of like your accessory, you know, And so that was part of it. But if you remember the scene where she used her artistic skills to map out the city, because she was trying to figure out where the routes were. So she drew a chalk drawing on the sidewalk. So that helped. And then it was also the fire in her belly, because she had to prove to everyone that she could make it. And so her stakes were higher, she wasn't spending money on buying, you know, cheap cigarettes or as she said in the scene with the, the guy who's a little jealous of her, she says, well, I'm not spending my money on my girlfriends, right? So like you are. So there is something about her self-discipline and her focus on serving her family and maybe even proving her mother wrong by providing for the family that lit that fire in her and allowed her to push herself really, really hard. And her artistic talents helped her to have a beautiful rickshaw too. So all of that I think made her successful. And, um, but there's something about that hustle, you know, that we get when someone says to us, you're not going to make it. And we say, just watch me, just watch
0: me go. Well, <laughs> so, you know, and and one of the scenes that I loved in the movie was she finally got to meet her her movie star idol or her uh, musical idol. And to, ha- and to watch that scene unfold to where, he he turns and he says you know is this your rickshaw and she said yes and he says it's very beautiful because he noticed the painting on the side and then he turned to I guess it was either his wife or his girlfriend and says look look how beautiful that is she did that and I thought for her for the young girl that was such strong validation that here's one of the most famous people in the country, acknowledged her talent, acknowledged the beauty that she created, and I think that even lit an internal fire to, uh, even down the road, to keep pushing uh, that, that artistic ability that she had. I, I just love that scene.
1: Oh, thanks. for That's very great that you picked that up, Ward. You really watched it closely. That's a beautiful insight. I know. I think, you know, you expect... A young girl in the beginning of a movie, she has this big crush on this actor and he's a big actor in Bangladesh. He's very famous. So uh, in Bangladesh, it's he's, he's one of the, one of the stars that girls moon over. And so you would think that when they did meet in person, that he might interact with her in a male female way, right? But he doesn't, he interacts with her as a recipient of her art. And that is an empowering moment, you know, because it's, it is not about that old romantic crush feeling she had, but about. The fact that this man who has been around a lot of people sees the beauty she created. So I'm, I'm very impressed that you picked that up. It's subtle, um, but it's, it's a part of her getting her validation.
0: And I also love the fact that he was very kind to her because, you know, we, you know, we all uh, read celebrity clickbait and we hear how some of these actors can be uh, unkind in their relationships with fans. And I thought that he, that him being so kind and, and humble before her was, was just a touching moment because she needed that. And, and the film, uh, there's a lot of parts in that film that can be very uh, disturbing and hard to take because of you're, you're walking that emotional road, that journey, that tightrope with her. And then you see this scene, and 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 I love the fact that with the filmmakers, where this scene, it's bright, it's cheerful, it's happy, and and it's in within the gates of this, uh, I guess this film studio. But to see the contrast between the streets and then to go into this imaginary world, and that's the imaginary world that she paints from her heart and from her mind. I just thought it was beautiful.
1: Yeah, it is kind of an, and it's, it's right before the darkest moment, you know, that scene. And so we're really invested in that, in that we were thinking, Oh great. Now she's going to, it's going to, she's going to soar. There are going to be no other obstacles for her, but then of course that's right before everything just crashes for her. So, uh, it makes, becomes even more, um, powerful because of the juxtaposition of the darkest moment that comes next. And, you know, Bangladesh is a, such a fascinating culture. I, India became, um, when I became, I'm probably more culturally Indian than Bangladeshi because Bangladesh is a Muslim country. And as I said, I'm not Muslim, but in, in the Muslim world, courtesy and honor and kindness to the poor are very, va- uh, valued. And so that scene that where you mentioned his humility and the way he honored her, that would be something that is esteemed and uh, in Bangladeshi culture, the kindness to the poor. And so uh, it really, that's what I mean when I handed over creative control to the filmmakers who are so fully from that culture, they added in those nuances that somebody from Hollywood might've missed, right? The moment where a celebrity can be kind to somebody from a completely different uh, social strata uh, might've been missed uh, in a more kind of a action oriented, but the nuance of their characters. I'm glad I'm so glad you picked that up because that, that is one of my favorite scenes
0: too. It is. Now, were there are there any differences between your book and the movie in the storyline? Many, many differences.
1: <laughs> <laughs> many but,
0: differences, yeah. huh?
1: But, but you know what, I when I when I write a story, I like to weave together three things. So I like I always tell kids there's three P's in every scene, and one is people, and the second is place, and the third is plot, right? And so um, when it comes to people, the character of Naima as embodied by the actor, Navaira Rahman is very much like my character. Uh, she's feisty, she's fierce, she wants to help her family. She's got the streak of little rebellion. And um, so whenever I do interviews with, with Navaira and she's next to me, I, I always look over and think, Hey, I made, I made you up. I I created you (laughs) because she's so much like that character. So the character is the same, similar, even though she's a little older in the movie and the place, of course, I said it in the, in Bangladesh, but, um, so I think they they richly gave a sense of place in the film. I was so happy about that, but the plot, well, the plot of a girl trying to help her family, who's an artist, a girl who will do anything to try to save her family, a girl who loves her father, that's all in the story, but they made it much more of a mature kind of coming of age with really serious obstacles, like dangerous obstacles that make the movie much more, I'd say PG, PG 13 than my book, which is really read by anyone up from second grade. So, uh, they deepened it. They richened it. They made it much more of an adult, young adult, uh, movie storyline, and it's all the better for it. I think.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. And one of the, uh one of these scenes in the movie and and i had and after watching the film i had to to go back and 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 i'm i'm thinking of all of the different because the movie ladies and gentlemen is just fantastic and you really need to see rickshaw girl but you know one of the things that i noticed as i was doing some research about you you made a statement that books or your safe place and when I read that it took me back to a scene in the movie where in the evening uh, uh, the Sun has already set she climbs upon this metal roof and she starts to paint but she's already had this beautiful incredible large m- mural that covers this roof and as she's up there I thought as I thought back to what statement you had said that books are your safe place, painting was her safe place. And then if you're thinking about this elaborate mural that she painted on the roof, most people will never see it but her. And it's almost like the only, th- the only other entity that would see this would be those in the heavens. And mm-hmm. I thought, this is... That is a remarkable scene because a lot of people who have creative talents, they spend a lot of time by themselves working on that talent. Like you, you know, you write books, you're writing books by yourself. You probably have a a quiet space. So uh, that's what I picked up from that scene when I read the statement that books are your safe place. So why are books your safe place?
1: Well, I talked about kind of bringing order out of chaos, right? And I think um, both when you read stories, and and I read so many stories as a child, there is that joy of a hero's journey where you're taking in the fact that the human spirit is so indomitable and uh, can triumph over so many things. And so if you take that in as a child with story after story after story, you develop a certain resilience when your own life becomes chaotic. And the stories really inform a child, a child, multi-story child reader who has read many, many stories is so equipped for a life of challenges. Um, and that was true for me for sure. But when it comes to writing, um, I remember when my dad died and uh, you know the grief's just overwhelming because I loved him so much. And it wasn't until I began to write bits and pieces of poetry about his life or uh, memories that for me, the healing began because what happens with creating anything, whether or not it's for the consumption of other people or the eyes of other people, the act of generating something, it's, it's a way to put your fist against the chaos and say, no, uh, and against suffering and grief and evil and death even and say, no, uh, there's more beyond there's more to the story than meets the eye. And so you get in this flow when you create where historical time stops and you're in this sort of marvelous flow where you don't even know the time is going by because you're just generating order out of chaos and that's godly work right that's beautiful work and so we've given that as as creatives and even if we're not doing it for money whenever we're doing anything in a garden or in a kitchen or um on a television show you know where we're using our creative skills we're able to align ourselves with that ordering force that brings beauty where there's no beauty. And I think that's being part of one of the great gifts of being human.
0: So It definitely is. And this story, and you've been talking about it a lot, which I love. And the setting is in Bangladesh. How do you think that the story based in this territory will connect with American audiences?
1: Well, I, as any story, um, any story involves us crossing borders to some extent, and so this is a long, a faraway journey for American audiences. But the amazing thing about crossing a border to go into a story is that and imagining other life, another life, is like what you've just done so beautifully. As you talked about the scenes that spoke to you, is that you go far away to another country. You had to imagine the life of a dark skinned young woman living in Bangladesh, and here you are, you know, Ward Bond in Texas, and you. You traveled with her, and when you imagined her life, you said, hey, I'm like Naima. I'm like her. She and I, we could be friends, right? I could cheer for her. I could, and that's the miracle of a story, especially one where you travel so far, because you travel far, you think, oh, this is going to be a window uh, to another culture. This is going to really open, and I'm going to do it because I want to learn about the other culture. Then you go through the window, and you see yourself reflected, and the window becomes a mirror, and you think, I'm like that we're we're humans and that's the miracle of stories they connect us and they and they form these bonds and so i would invite american audiences to come travel over to bangladesh in this big city of Taka, watch this hero's journey of a girl that seems so different than you and find yourself there put yourself in that story and and then let me know you can find me all over social media i'm um you know on instagram twitter and let me know how you connected with naima i would love to hear more about that journey that you took as you watch yeah. the movie
0: I you know, ladies and gentlemen, Rickshaw Girl is a fantastic movie, and there's just so many there's so many parts to it, but all of us can relate to it. And I really loved her toughness. Um, I loved her determination. Uh, and I love the fact and, and and i I think i I may watch films a little differently than most people because a lot of films I do watch is because I am working on a television interview, so I look at many different factors. And you have to look past, you know, the storyline or look past the, the, the beautiful settings or whatever. But I loved her toughness. I loved her determination, but I also love the fact that she saw through people that... Um, like in the, like in the beginning of the film, <clears throat> the gentleman that they kept uh, calling Uncle, and and, and I'm going I'll say this, she can look to the BS very very easily, and she knows people who are real, and she knows people who just need to get their act together, or in her case, some of them may just need a punch in the face, <laughs> you know, and I love that about her because of the fact that sometimes when you have a creative talent. You have to have a little bit of toughness and determination not to let the outside forces get you off your creative path, or, for many people, to uh, get them off their creative calling. And she had a calling because she was a beautiful artist at a very, very young age, and I'm not going to tell anybody how the, the whole movie ends because, ladies and gentlemen, you have to watch this. It's a beautiful film. But, uh, Matali, you created a fantastic character.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Ward. I really enjoyed this conversation because, obviously, you you got the movie. And I think, you know, maybe when... If, if you know, you had walked by Naima quickly on the streets, the two of you wouldn't have maybe even... Seen beyond the fact of your differences, but because you spent that time sitting with her and receiving her story, you got to and you got to see her rich interior life and and how she did understand people and um, and so that's that's the marvelous gift this film would give. It's a chance to sit with someone, a young girl that you that might be overlooked by. 80, 90% of the world, and who don't understand her rich interior life, but it's a chance to really receive the story of a person who's typically marginalized in the world and overlooked. And and that, that gives me great joy.
0: So where can the where can everyone watch Rickshaw Girl?
1: Yeah, you can find out more at rickshawgirlmovie.com. Uh, um, it's available right now, streaming on Amazon Prime, on Apple TV, um, on Vudu, and I think two library apps, Canopy and Hoopla, as well for my library friends. Who I'm, I'm a big library addict myself, so uh, you can watch it, and then and it's, you can get it on DVD or Blu-ray if you're you know old school. <laughs> and then, um, but it's available. And again, I would we would love to hear what you think of the film. It's really a love offering from Bangladesh. It's the one first time a film has been exported from Bangladesh to the world. And so they're very excited by the reception it's getting, and they're very thrilled to hear how American audiences are receiving the story. So feel free to share your opinions wherever we love to hear them.
0: Uh, now, be- before you go, you got to tell us, I know you have a, another novel coming up, Hope in the Valley. What is that about?
1: It's set in the 1980s Silicon Valley, which used to be called the Valley of Heart's Delight because it was covered with beautiful orchards and there were no, you know, computer buildings or computers there in, in back in that day. And it's about a little girl who is living across the street from an orchard. And if the orchard hears the orchards going to be sold and, um, and that's the place she goes to write her poetry and her stories. And she's devastated. She thinks she doesn't want to change. She doesn't want to grow up. And, uh, so it's a story of how she's able to integrate, uh, and even for the sake of her community, how the past, and the future have to really inform the present when it comes to the big question of what do we do with land california you know we're really struggling with that question so uh so that's the big political question really is about housing and land but the personal issue is a little girl like me who did not want to grow up because growing up is scary so uh that comes out in july from macmillan i'm really excited about that book because it's very personal and political and i like i like that combination
0: Well, you're going to need to come back on the show so we can talk about Hope in the Valley. And I think we may be able to see that on the big screen because I think that would be a great storyline.
1: All right. word from your mouth to God's ear, I'm I'm counting on
0: that. That's it. And also, too, to make sure the novel Rickshaw Girl is available on Amazon, correct?
1: Yeah, in the independent booksellers, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, Target, Walmart, anywhere you buy books, libraries, it's been around a long time. And so it's found its way into a lot of wonderful places where you can access the book. Um, there are discussion guides on my website, metalliperkins.com. Um, and I'm the only Metalli Perkins that exists on the planet. So if you just Google me, you'll find your way to all my social media and all of my, um, my website and things and find out more about my work.
0: All right ladies and gentlemen, before, well, if you want to, watch Rickshaw Girl available on Prime Video and other outlets in streaming in the streaming world, but I also encourage you to buy the novel Rickshaw Girl. It's great to read the book that movies are based off of. You'll see some differences, but you you'll get a whole you'll be more well-rounded, I I will say. So, you know, remember, knowledge is power. But at the same time, this is a type of story that, you know, we all have a creative ability within us. We, some of you may know what your creative ability is. Some of you haven't found it just yet, but you never know. Rickshaw Girl could be the story that opens up your heart, opens up your mind, and you'll find out what your creative talent is, and just remember... Once you find that out, just keep working at it. You never know. You may be a famous author one day, just like Matali Perkins. So if you want to know more about her, head over to mataliperkins.com. And again, Matali, the uh, website for Rickshaw Girl, it's rickshawgirlmovie.com. Yes. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. And Matali, I want to thank you so much to, for honoring us with your time today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Ward. It was a delight to talk to you, and I appreciate your, your insights into the film. they really encouraging.
0: Well, you're very, very welcome. And ladies and gentlemen, hey, I encourage everyone, be a reader. Be a reader. Read books. Stop swiping up. Stop swiping right. Get your face out of the phone. Pick up a book. Hold the story in your hand and enter a real world because that's where knowledge comes from. That's where education can come from but it also means that's where your imagination can come from. So stay tuned for more because I will be right back after this.